Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the the podcast for Restored and Remarried, where we are so excited to be talking to you today about eight communication skills to increase intimacy. Ah, because it really is all about tips, tools, and tingles to increase marriage and relationship satisfaction. So, Brenda, it's so nice to have you with me today. Where are we going today? Well, you said we're going to be having uh, sharing eight communication skills, but how about will it bring eight tingles? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Those tingles come along with a lot of hard work. I mean, you might get yeah. pulverized before you get tingles, but communication is really the, the heartbeat of any relationship. And as we've said before, it's not all about the communication. It's about the connection. The connection. So we want to just increase connection as we share with you today uh, some real good pointers that hopefully will indeed increase those tingles. So I love this quote that I recently read. Marriage is a team sport. You either win together or lose together. You either win together or lose together. Yeah. It is a team sport. Yeah. It is a team sport. So intentionally, teams practice, practice, practice at the basics, the foundational fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And in marriage, communication is indeed a fundamental. And if we get it right... We typically have a higher communication, higher connection, and higher agreement and more satisfaction. So daily working at those fundamentals is kind of where we want to go. So intentionally putting the effort to to work on your relationship rather than discussing, you know, just activities, the everyday runabout mundane. What would be more beneficial? Well, I need to back the train up for just a second. Some of the stuff we're sharing is from the Prepare and Rich assessment that we use a lot when we work with couples. And the Prepare and Rich has been around for, gosh, over 35 years. It asks you like 152 questions. And we use it in premarital with couples and couples that have been together a long time. And this is just one of the exercises about daily dialogue that we're just going to share about today. So, um, But it's so funny because it says here in the beginning that set aside five minutes per day to discuss... These things we're going to discuss. So five minutes a day. This will be interesting. Five minutes a day? A day. I'll tell you what they are. How about most guys that just say, how about five minutes a week? (laughs) Well, let me show you the top three things are really quick. So the first thing you do is you would want to share what you enjoyed most about your relationship that day. I enjoy giving you a kiss and seeing you off in the morning, and I really enjoy when... Whoopee happens. When you come home. Yes. <laughs> that's easy to talk about. Huh? Yeah, that's the but easy even stuff. even those things that seem so, well, duh, of course I feel that way, we forget to express it. Mm-hmm. So I would even challenge the listeners, what one thing can you do to tell your, your lover, your loved one, something that is like, no, duh, we all know that, but we just like to hear that. Yeah, because I, I expect that I'm going to have warm tingles when I get home, but a lot of times those expectations fly out the window because we're not complimenting one another. And I'm not talking about the enjoyment of the fact that you're home when I got home. Mm-hmm. 
and that you actually had dinner kind of cooking, which is really pretty cool. So I really enjoy that and appreciate that about and it's- you. Those little things like that that we forget, and mm-hmm. you know, even that you came home. Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, a lot of guys don't like to come home, so I think it's awesome that you like to come home because that's yeah, that's what we want to do. So taking it a step further, why do guys, and sometimes why do wives or girlfriends not have things as they want them, as would be expected to create? warm fuzzies because they aren't willing to talk about what's dissatisfying in the relationship. Yeah. Well, sometimes men or women, I guess either one, it's scary to say something that they're not satisfied with because like, let's say I'm not satisfied with something with you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, I know. You've you've kind of told me about that a couple of days ago. You said you had a short account with me, and I was like, oh, boy, here it comes. <laughs> it was it, uncomfortable. It, it, was, it was uncomfortable, but you talked about something that you were dissatisfied with. Yeah. And it's very personal, and we're not going to talk about it on the air because it required me taking care of some things on myself. So, but, yeah. <laughs> the idea, though, why I could share it is because I think – through the years, we've built safety in our relationship. And I knew that whatever I could say to you, you wouldn't be upset because you knew that I was, I had taken the time to really think this through and not just blurt out something off the top of my head. Right. So, how can you help each other build safety? Uh, that's kind of the third point. And the third point is, is how can we help each other? Mm-hmm. Well, like you're saying, build safety. And to build safety means I've got something to share here with you. Are you safe? Not like, no, I'm going to fall off a cliff and you're going to push me. That would would not be a <laughs> safe be place. No. But to build safety is, is that I can share with you something that's difficult and I know that you're going to hear me out and you're still going to accept my perspective. Mm-hmm. You may disagree with it, mm-hmm. but at least I felt heard and I felt safe enough to share it with you. With some couples, there's such toxicity, they can't even get to that point. And when that begins to happen, not only are they not verbally safe with one another, but they begin to then become sexually unsafe with one another. Mm. And in marriage and in long-term relationships, when the sex begins to fall off, it has a lot to do with the fact that you're afraid of one another to really be open, exposed, and honest with one another. So to talk about your fears is very, very important. And sometimes to talk about those uncomfortable dissatisfactions can be even more important. Right, because what happens outside of the bedroom will definitely affect what's going on inside the bedroom. Absolutely. Those are just three. Those aren't even part of the eight that we're going to talk about. But those are just three things to discuss, you know, every day for five minutes. So, you know, what do you enjoy most about your relationship? What might be the most, you know, dissatisfying part of your relationship? And how can you... Um, be helpful to each other. Yeah, to build safety. Yeah, I think that really yeah. is the point. But five minutes a day. Five I minutes. Mean, is that I th- realistic? I think it might be five minutes an hour or five minutes every half hour or something like or that. Or five minutes you... a week. Five, yeah. So let's are. get into these these skills. So the eight communication skills, number one we want to talk about is give fo- – now, this is really pretty basic, people. A lot of this is like give, really <laughs> – You know, really give full attention to your partner when talking. That means turn off your phone. Shut off the television if it's really an important conversation. And for goodness sakes, look at each other. Look at each other. You know, watch Mm -hmm. the eyes, the body language. It's not just what's being said with words. It's what's being said with the body. Well, and that's, I think, even in your counseling chair, you've uh, really 
been more intuitive with watching your clients and their eyes because you've shared with me sometimes their eyes just say more than their words and what better way as you know intimate partners and spouses for us to really you know what is it the eyes are the windows to so your heart yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that's but if we're not looking at each other how can, <laughs> how can you tell? You know, because really, uh, that's really, really important. Let's so just... the question is, you know, do you put your phone down during dinner, even at home? Yeah. You turn it off, especially when you go out to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Boy, if we ever catch you guys eating dinner at a restaurant and looking at your phone, you are going to have the wrath of Gil and Brenda all over your face. I think I think Brenda <laughs> might come over and just spill the dish on you or something you. like that. Yeah, she will smack you. So, and we've got eyes everywhere, so <laughs> now no one's ever going to want to go out, right? Yeah, no, go out to dinner, just turn off your phones and enjoy the company with, you. your, with your beloved. Yeah. So the second point. Focus on the good qualities in each other and praise each other often. Focus on the good qualities... Not the bad qualities and praise each other. So what does that mean? Once again, this is like no duh, but how wonderful is it when we compliment each other? I mean, I just feel when you say something that's an obvious that you're appreciative of something, I still like to hear it because I just, I don't know. When my husband says that stuff to me, I feel uh, appreciated. I feel cherished. I feel like I'm part of the team and I'm making the team better. And it doesn't have to be, you know, something really huge. Just even, you know, mm -hmm. we were saying I took the garbage out tonight for a change instead of you. It's a team effort. And just that you acknowledge that was huge. But while you took out the garbage, I was doing the dishes. <laughs> so that was that was the trade-off. But again, if it is a team sport, we won together. That's right. So don't overlook those little positive things you can do. That you can do every day. Right, right. It's pretty practical. Yeah. The third point is really, I think extremely important and that is to be assertive that does not mean to be aggressive aggressiveness is usually very self-centered very demanding where assertiveness really puts it in more of a thought process of sharing your feelings your emotions and your needs in a more positive polite kind and loving fashion and instead of saying you are just driving me crazy because you don't let me know you're going to be late from work it would be better turned around saying hey i'm worried when you don't let me know when you're going to be late from the office it takes the ownership of the feelings to yourself not placing the blame on the other person but sharing assertively hey i i really need that phone call just to let me know that you're safe because i'm concerned and i don't want to worry and when you phrase it that way, I know if you were to say that to me, my defenses come down. Because if you say, oh, you're always late, well, then I'm going to always want to defend myself. But when you get behind why you're saying that and the feeling behind it because you're worried or concerned or scared or whatever it is, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new conversation because I know how you're feeling, not, and then my defenses come down. Does that make sense? Well, I think even deeper than that, the feelings are one thing. The emotion is the other. Feelings are, I'm worried. The emotion is, I would miss you terribly if you got hit by the Big Mac truck. So there's an emotion that's bringing up the feeling. And so there is a difference between the two. So don't criticize say how you are feeling what is the emotion behind it so the fourth one brenda is this avoid criticism avoid criticism then how in the world do i ever get anything done when you are driving me crazy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what are you gonna do about it <laughs> 
Yeah, what am I going to do about it? Well, I think the point is, is don't avoid sharing your heart once the safety has been established, Mm, but avoid criticizing the statements of you do this and you do that is critical. Yeah, maybe you forgot to, you know, take out the trash or forgot to pick up your socks or something like that, but find a way to say it in a way that's polite in a way that's able. I mean, it really seems so so elementary, but the more the criticism piles on, the harder it is to get through to one another, yeah. and the safety gets diminished rather than built up. Yeah, good point. So the first one was uh, give full attention to your partner when talking. Number two was focus on the good qualities in each other and praise each other often. Uh, the third component of uh, communication skills to increase intimacy is to be assertive, which is not a mean, negative, not aggressive thing. But say what you need. Yeah. Say what you want and have build that safety between you to be able to say, this is what I need from you. And then the number four one was avoid criticism because that just build takes away the, the safety and that erodes the wall that you're building. Remember the wall that you're standing behind to protect your marriage. When criticism happens, those bricks in that wall get chiseled and... They, they, dis- they disintegrate. Yeah. Yeah, it breaks down. It gets brittle. So if you must criticize, point number five, if you must criticize, balance it with at least one positive comment. Meaning, I appreciate that you took out the trash, but in the future, would you please remember to put the lid down when the garbage is, you know, been done? You know, seriously, put the lid back on because, you know, the raccoons in the neighborhood are getting to it or something, you know? And I really, really I really, I really am tired of picking up the trash after the raccoons get done with it. And if you would have done that, (gasps) then then I wouldn't have to be, no, I've totally lost it, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. So it could have gone a little better had I just said, hey, thanks for taking out the trash. Next time, please put the lid back on because it's a hassle to pick up the trash after the raccoons have torn the garbage apart. And the way you just said it was better than the first way because whenever you say a but, Mm. after you say something nice and then you say a but, it's like everything you just said was just negated. Wiped off the face of the earth. It just completely left. Yeah. Yeah. just, yeah. Okay, number six, listen to, understand, not to judge. Uh Uh-oh, I can hear the assumption word coming. So that's, yeah, that's what I want to know is what comes first, the assumption or the judgment? So I'm listening to understand, but I'm assuming that you understand by what I'm telling you. But if I'm not listening, I might be hearing your words, but I may not be listening. And as soon as I put all that together... I assume I understand, and then I've formed a judgment. Oh, then I don't have a chance. No, I really haven't listened to what you're saying. You know, I'm already cooking up what I'm going to say back to you before you even finished your sentence. So I really wasn't listening. And so how does that build safety? It doesn't. It diminishes it. (laughs) Yeah. It, It totally diminishes it. And if I'm really listening to what you're saying, I'm listening to the tone of your voice. I'm looking at your eyes. I might be seeing a tear roll down your eyes, or I might see a big smile on your face. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not paying attention, I'm really not listening. Well, and also, what do, what is your body saying? Your body could be totally contradicting what your words are saying. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of power in a folded folded arms or leaning to one side or, you know, there's so many studies that have been done on that. But Well, and I think the, the studies basically say that about 93% of what you say isn't with words. The other 7% happens to be what you said. 
and then you mix in tone and inflection and was it sweet? I mean, I think that's the thing I like to just really emphasize is that when we are speaking to one one another, when we are speaking to one another, here's a thought. Keep your words sweet because you never know which ones you're going to have to eat. Is that an old man joke? No, it's, it's a Chinese <laughs> proverb that has something to do with chop suey. I'm not quite sure, but hey, you that know. It's so true, though. It's You're right on. Yeah. And when we get busy in our daily hoo-ha of driving kids around or dealing with the ex or the boss or whatever, we forget these things. I mean, it's a great reminder. So number seven, um, use active listening. So active listening basically is what, Brenda? It's pretty much summarizing or maybe some people call it parroting what Mm -hmm. you've already said to me. Continue. So, So if you were to say, say something to me. Say something to you like you want to summarize what I'm trying to tell you about taking out the trash. So what I heard you say is you want to talk about how badly I take the trash out. Well, that's not quite it at all. No, I didn't want you to do about that. Can you say it again? I would like you to take out the trash, and when you do take out the trash, please put the lid down. Okay, so what I heard you say is you, when I take out the trash, you'd like me to put the lid on. That's, that's pretty that close. Good? Yeah, that's close enough. So you see how the first time around, I totally missed what Gil was saying because I didn't hear him correctly, uh-huh. right? But I think something that's even more important is, is that you've had those conversations with me of putting the lid down on the toilet. <laughs> so uh, I really learned that quick because you were screaming mad. It was like, okay, I, I think I better listen on you that one. You fall in the toilet in the middle of the night. Uh, yes. That's, well, you, know, felt like you fell over. You fell overboard. Man overboard. Anyway. I think it's really important because there was a there was a conversation I was having with a uh, a counselor friend who uh, was working with a couple professional people mm-hmm. and they were doctors okay. and not only were they doctors they were ER doctors they were in the emergency mm-hmm. room and they they came in because they 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 were having a hard time communicating and so the more that the counselor listened to the situation and understanding what they did he asked a simple question. Uh, when you're on the job, how much listening are you doing and how much giving of orders are you giving? And basically the response was, was well, hey, we own the, the ER. We own the hallways. We tell people what to do. And he kind of looked at them and went, and that's kind of how it's working at home. And both of them kind of <laughs> looked at each other and went, ah, oh, we wow. aren't listening. We're telling, but we're not listening. Yeah. You know, so the orders are being barked. But they weren't exchanging. They weren't reflective listening. They were not mm-hmm. listening to understand. Mm-hmm. They were telling, 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 and no listening. Once they got this listening thing back in place, hey, the love sparked again, and they began to have tingle. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost like they learned to flip the switch in the right. Because, you, you know, at work, you, they needed to be that way. Right. But they needed to make that transition when they got home. Yeah, the, the yeah. home front is not an ER operating room. No. You know, I mean, that's just not the way it is. So the last point, Brenda, what is? Avoid blaming each other and work together for a solution. Go ahead. Oh, boy. That's that's going to be a whole other podcast in itself about dealing with um, conflict. And, gosh, so many people I know, uh, it's so much easier to blame somebody else than own your stuff. I would like to add this point. Yeah. You're not the problem. The problem is the problem. And I think that when we begin to blame each other, 
we don't take account of what we've contributed to the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, actually, the problem isn't you, and maybe the problem isn't even the problem. It's how I feel about you and how I feel about whatever the issue might be. So I, I think it's the place, again, of are you safe? And blaming is really doing nothing more than me not taking responsibility for what I've contributed. Ah. And in order to do that, gosh, it gets back to being safe. Being safe, being on the same team. Mm -hmm. Because if we're on the same team, you're not the problem. The issue out there might be the problem. Yeah. And then if we start feeling more positive and start tackling it together, then we're probably going to have success and satisfaction. Yeah, and something so simple. I love it when we're working with a couple and they can get kind of heated and we just stop and have them both say to each other and point to each other, you're not the enemy. Oh, what a relief. Because isn't that, why would we have married our enemy? Why, don't we want to be on the same no. <laughs> The same team? Wow. No, we Good want to be stuff. on the same team. Oh, my gosh. We could go on and on. But in review, let me do this one more time. And if you're driving and you can't write these down or you'd like a copy of this, just email us, and I'd be happy to send them out. Just email at brenda at restoredandremarried.com. So eight communication skills to increase intimacy. Drum roll, please. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Number one, give full attention to your partner when talking. Number two, focus on the good qualities in each other and praise each other often. Be assertive is number three. That does not mean be aggressive. It means assertiveness with feelings of tenderness, of respect, and uh, using the I, I statements rather than you statements. Mm -hmm. Number four is avoid criticism. That doesn't mean don't avoid sharing your heart, but avoid criticism is always your lead. You know, that, that kind of gets old after a while and piles on. The yeah. fifth point is if you must criticize, and the fifth point is if you must criticize, balance with it at least one positive comment. So show genuine appreciation, mm -hmm. but then, you know, make your request in an assertive, respectful, kind way. Great. Number six is listen to understand, not to judge. So or to assume. Get rid of that whole assumption thing. Righto, because yeah. we know what that leads to. Number seven, use active listening. Oh, by repeating, repeating yeah. back to you what you heard me say. To make sure I got it right. And if I need to edit it and say, no, not quite, but you're close, then yeah. you still aren't offended. You're not offended if I say, no, that wasn't quite right. Okay, and that's where the tone. Yeah, the tone. Oh my gosh, tone is so important. And then the last one is avoid blaming each other and work together for a solution. Because remember, you're on the same team. And I think even more so, as we conclude this whole idea, is is if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Okay, thanks once again, folks. Catch you next time. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on their website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one -on -one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.